Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. Uh, If you're listening right now during the week of April 16th, 2018, I am currently sailing on Carnival Horizon, and I invite you to follow along. You can do that by following me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. Um, It's all Cruise Radio is the handle. And also logging daily trip reports on the website at cruiseradio.net. So we'll get as much uh, answered for you as we can. We're getting a lot of listener questions about Carnival Horizon, and uh, we'll have a show out later this week about the ship as well. If you want to email me a question, it's Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. Joe and his wife just got back from a 12-night Baltic cruise on Holland America's Zyderdam. And Joe's on the line. How you doing, Joe? Doing well, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, thanks for being here. And we'll get all to the Zyderdam in just a couple of minutes. I love that ship. Uh, but before we get there, let's take a step back and give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this Baltic cruise on the Zyderdam? Well, basically, we enjoy cruising for purposes of seeing the destinations. And Northern Europe is an area we, we hadn't been to in the past. Uh, my wife is, is of German descent, but we hadn't been that far up in Germany. And it just it, we've been on Holland American before and really love the cruises and the ships. And if we needed any excuse, my wife was retiring this year, so that was a good enough excuse to take a cruise. Absolutely. Now, you make your way from L.A. over to Copenhagen. Uh, Any pre-cruise time in Copenhagen? Yeah, we landed three days early in Copenhagen and spent three days both adjusting to uh, the time zone change and also doing a lot of sightseeing there. We had been in the city once 25 years ago, and I was working, and my wife got to tour, so this was a chance for me to kind of catch up with her. Just curious, because you're in California, so you're three hours behind us over here in Florida. What's the time difference between you and Copenhagen? It was nine hours. Oh, okay. It's a little bit to get acclimated with. So you make your way to the cruise ship uh, docked there at Copenhagen. How was the embarkation process for you? It was incredibly smooth. We had uh, late checkout from the hotel at one o'clock, so we avoided the early rush. We were in line no more than five minutes up to our stateroom in another five minutes, and probably five minutes after that, our, our check bags were delivered. So it was wow. it was incredibly smooth. Very cool. Uh, what were your first thoughts once you boarded the Zyderdam? I like Holland America. They have a, a very familiar and comfortable feel to us. And uh, we've been on the Westerdam, which is the same class. Uh, it, it looked great. Got up to the stateroom. We had a veranda and just very enjoyable, nice and airy plenty of storage space and you know their state rooms are a little larger than most so it was it was it was just great to be there what did you think of the balcony space there on the veranda because i just got back from uh, holland america's new amsterdam and i was very impressed with it with the space out there what were your thoughts there's enough room to take the chairs recline a little bit get a table there to eat sit back and and enjoy it my wife that was her favorite spot when we were relaxing is to sit out in the veranda and stretch out and just read a book or look at the sea going by. Yeah, very nice. Uh, let's switch gears here and talk about dining aboard the Zyder Dam. Of course, you have the main dining room. You have the Lido deck area. Uh, you have the Pinnacle Grill, which everyone loves. You have Canaletto. And uh, did I miss any restaurants on there? Just the little casual things around the uh, the Lido deck, the, uh, what, the dive, and they have a little mini buffet out there. But we We've always enjoyed the main dining room. Mm -hmm. That seems to be four or five-star dining every night we go there. We were gifted with the Pinnacle Grill one night, so we did that. And the staff there knew my wife was uh, retiring, so they brought out this wonderful dessert with the happy retirement written in chocolate lettering. That's awesome. uh, 
had a great time with that. I did the Lido deck mainly for breakfast, and uh, again, it not that crowded. Food was great, and it was also a good way to start the day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, the Pinnacle Grill, Holland America just raised the price from $29 to $35 per person. In your opinion, uh, do you think it is worth $35 a person? Well, let's put it this way. My wife, we have a lot of steakhouses here in L.A., sure. and my wife's favorite is Ruth's Chris, mm-hmm. and she was telling me she likes the steak and Pinnacle Grill better than Ruth's Chris. <laughs> wow. I can't disagree with her. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredibly great food. I like they have that president's cut in there that's like 56 ounces or something like that. It's like some outrageous amount of meat there. Uh, how about the main dining room? What time dining did you have? We did the anytime dining. Okay. We try to plan out our day and then figure when we're going to be back on the ship and how much relaxation we want to take before we have dinner. It usually wound up we ate around 8 o'clock at night. Uh, how was the Lido market for you uh, as far as food selections and passenger flow? The food selection seemed to be great. I got chastised one time by my wife for getting lost. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it, again, we ate there mainly for breakfast. The selections mm-hmm. were great when we had some snacking during lunch, a, a great variety. And, and the flow was, was the flow was fine. We had a, a window seat at the table every time we wanted one. So uh, very no nice. real complaints. Yeah, absolutely. Entertainment aboard Holland America Zider Dam. Of course, they have some pretty cool shows in the main theater and some musical uh, venues around the ship. So what did you think of the entertainment aboard Zider Dam? We're not the entertainment types. We've had great entertainment, I assume, around the, the ship, but most of our time was spent just kind of finding quiet corners, listening to the classical music that they have with the piano and the, and, and the violin. The thing that we enjoyed most was the onboard port experts, mm-hmm. not the folks sell, selling the excursions, but the individuals that uh, had advice on what to do at the ports. I mean, some really great tips on how to maximize our time. And, and I, I think at a couple of ports, it, it saved us a couple of hours yeah, I like of the, additional touring that we acquired. Yeah, and it's, it's really cool because it's, uh, I guess they're called destination specialists or on-location guides or something like that. But yeah, they're just like so full of knowledge. Uh, how about as far as the entertainment you mentioned, the um, classical pianist and the violinist, was, was that Adagio Strings? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, really loving them. Did you pop your head into the BB King Blues Club at all? Yes, I did, but it's it's not uh, my wife's taste in music, mm-hmm. so it was uh, kind of just passing on the way in the evening. Gotcha. Okay, all right. Let's uh, talk about Sea Days now. This was a 12-night sailing round trip out of Copenhagen. How were the Sea Days? Because on the show here, we like to talk about the way a cruise ship is really defined is how it behaves at sea as far as passenger flow, both inside and outside of the ship during the Sea Days. So how were they for you? The ship was incredibly smooth. We had smooth waters and smooth sailing the entire time. I enjoy finding little places that are kind of quiet and not too crowded. And there was there was always an empty deck chair at, at around the pool. There was always empty space, and it never really seemed crowded at all. Very, very enjoyable. And the flow was really good. Again, having the ability to to circle the entire ship on the uh, the walkway and and enough space where people could pass and talk and sit and just look over the rail. It was. Uh, it was very pleasant on sea days. How about the dining options for like the main dining room and the Lido on sea days? Food was great. Again, the, the, the main dining room, I, I can't compliment it enough. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the service and the food, and I'm kind of a, a, a nut for chilled soups. Okay. And every night they, they had a, a different chilled soup. And we wound up talking to the various waiters we had as well as the maitre d'. And on the last day there, uh, they gave us the recipes for all the soups that uh, we had eaten during the, uh, the cruise. 
which is really a nice little gift. Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Now, on this 12-night sailing, what ports did you hit, and uh, what two were your favorites? Going in sequence, the, 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 first, the first port was Warnemundi, which really was a, an entryway for most people to go to Berlin. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we hit uh, Tallinn in Estonia, St. Petersburg, Helsinki, Sweden, uh, Stockholm, Travemundi in Germany again, which was a, a gateway to Lubeck, mm-hmm. uh, Gothenburg in Sweden, and then the last port, Helsingborg, we never got to. I've been asked which one was the favorite, and it, it, they all were great. I think that Berlin, particularly because of my wife's German heritage and, and what we've lived through in our youth, living during the Cold War years and, and everything that happened, uh, just the history that you could see in Berlin was something in one day. And, and just to go to Russia and be able to see St. Petersburg uh, and, and see some of the history there, those, those two had to be on, on the top of the list. I was going to ask you, uh, what were your thoughts of St. Petersburg? Because I, I hear so much about it and so history rich out there. It's interesting because you, you are really in a foreign country. The, the, the language and, and the alphabet, you can't even fake trying to look at words and figure out what they mean. Mm-hmm. The issue of having to either have a full visa, which costs probably about $500 per person, or go through the excursions where you have the, the tourist visa. We spent the first day getting to tour of the city and then having the free time on our own. So we, we took a, a canal cruise and then saw the church on the spilled blood and kind of circulated just in, in, in the area around there. On the second day, we took the excursion out to Catherine's Palace and then Paul's Park and had lunch in between at uh, a Russian restaurant. And it, it's just amazing. And the tour guys talking about the history there, the transitions of government over the years, and, and also discussing the siege of Leningrad and how far the German armies came and where they finally were stopped during World War II is, is historical and incredibly interesting. Yeah, so much to do over there, too. Um, you make your way back to Copenhagen. Now, you mentioned that you got there a day early because you skipped a port. So uh, how was the disembarkation process once you got into Copenhagen? That was five minutes from the time we left our stateroom until we had our bags. Wow. We, we got down the stairs, the elevator. We're waiting to find a crowd. We got to the, the, the gangway, and there were 10 crew members thanking us for being on board and nobody in front of us. Nice. And, <laughs> Was it, a, it was incredibly smooth. Wow! Yeah. yeah. How was the how was like the uh, the local customs there when you got off the ship? Were they were they strict at all, or were they like checking your bags or anything like that? Since we started in the EU and ended in the EU, there was there was really nothing. Okay. We just picked up our bags and walked straight out. Do you have any general first time tips for someone sailing either the itinerary or the Zyderdam? Not necessarily the Baltic, but just in general the cruising one hundred and one of of don't arrive. On the same day as your ship departs. We had uh, 60 staterooms that were empty when we sailed because people that had booked on Air France missed the boat because Air France went on strike that day. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. I think most of them caught up with us in Berlin, but uh, we know a lot of people missed the boat. Oh yeah, 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 literally. Uh, Looking back, uh, what was the biggest highlight for you over the whole 12-night cruise? The most interesting thing was, well, the two cities were great. The port uh, of Travemundi when we went to the German city of Lübeck, that, that was an alternative port, and they don't get many cruise ships. And when we were leaving from the security area all the way down to the lighthouse point, the shore was just lined with people 
cheering and waving at us, all the fishing boats, all the commercial boats, all the private boats in the marina, everybody was tooting their horns and waving, and <laughs> the captain of the Zyder Dam was tooting back. It was like something out of a movie. Nice. That's really cool. In closing here, final thoughts of Holland America's Zyder Dam. It's a great ship. I mean, it's, it's a little bit old, and a few people on the Internet seem to don't like old ships, but it was immaculately maintained. Uh, they were always working on it. Windows were clean. The food, as usual, Holland America was great, and I'd love to sail it again anytime. Joe, thanks for being on the show, and thanks for sharing your review with us this evening. My pleasure, Doug. We know you can't go on every single cruise, so we do it for you. Find over 200 ship reviews and money-saving tips at cruiseradio.net or search Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio. We always enjoy getting your questions here on the show. If you have one you'd like to ask, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Fielding today's questions is Simone from cruisingexcursions.com. Hi, Simone. Hi, Doug. How are you? Very good. Thanks for being here. Our first question comes from Patty. She says, I'm cruising from Venice to the British Isles over the summer, and I'm looking for something to do in Ravenna, Italy. Any suggestions? Okay, so as, as you're aware, Doug, Italy holds so much history. I would highly recommend our half-day tour in Ravenna, um, discovering the actual town itself. So our half-day tour visits Ravenna, which is widely known for its UNESCO's World Heritage Sites. So all eight of the spectacular buildings we visit were constructed in the 5th and the 6th centuries by early Christians and are well known for their mosaics. And your guide will be giving you commentary on the buildings and the history throughout. So, um, highly recommended tour. Now, if you've already experienced Ravenna, then um, I would recommend the Bologna tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, this walking tour will take you through the heart of Bologna, admiring the many famous red-coloured buildings. It's very famous for its red-coloured buildings. Um, Neptune's Fountain, Piazza Maggiore, and there's so much more. You also have some free time as well to enjoy one of the many tutorials in the square. As you're aware, Italian cuisine is the yeah, best. <laughs> absolutely. So the next question comes from John. John says, advice, please. We're going to Shivashivekia for Rome and Livorno for Pisa. Any recommendations for traveling to these cities? There's four of us, so the ship tours are very expensive. Okay, yes. The, these two ports are the most popular ports of call in Italy. It's obviously due to the amount of sites you're able to visit and the history it holds. So, so if we take Rome, for example, uh, if this is the first time you've visited this magnificent city, you'll want to get to see as much as possible in the one day. The journey from the port into the centre of Rome will take approximately one and a half hours. Uh, so I'd highly recommend our complete Rome tour. This will take you to the main sites in Rome, so it'll include the Colosseum, Trevi Fountain, the Spanish Steps, the Pantheon, and St. Peter's Square in the Vatican City. Our guides in Rome will be giving the history about the city during the tour, and you'll also get some free time to buy souvenirs, so you get everything in one day. And from the port of Livorno, yeah, absolutely, Pisa and Florence are the destinations to visit from this port. We have a great tour visiting both. Uh, this is a full-day tour again, taking you to the town of Pisa, where you get to see the Leaning Tower of Pisa, the Square of Miracles, and the Bat- Baptistry. And the tour then continues to Florence. Again, another city holding so much history. The tour will take you into Duomo Square, where you'll see the beautiful Santa Maria Cathedral, before walking the many cobble streets, visiting the many famous piazzas, and of course, you'll get to experience the view from Ponte Vecchio Bridge. Also experience some free time in Florence as well, because obviously there's a lot of um, 
leather markets there and designer designer stores so you'll get the free time to experience that sharon has a next question she says can you advise what to do in montenegro i don't fancy any of the ship excursions thank you well sharon kotor is such a beautiful destination as you're sailing into the port of call which is generally tended the views are absolutely awesome this is probably one of the most picturesque ports of call I've ever visited. So get your cameras ready on deck because you don't want to miss that. The popular tour for Couture, uh, where it gets you experiencing pretty much everything you need to see on your first visit, would be our small group, Charming Montenegro, which is pretty much, it does what it says in the title. You'll get to experience the beautiful coastline of Couture, visit the ancient Roman town of Risan, whilst the guide is giving you the historical information of the area. Um, This is a very much relaxed experience. It's a small group tour of maximum 25 people, but it's going to allow you to see the best of this destination and will most definitely entice you to return. Sailing in and out of Couture, it's so cool because, like you said, it's a tender port, but you're like you're sailing between these... Would would you call them fjords? What are you sailing between? Like these the big mountains on each side of the ship? It's yeah, it's very it's very much like you're in Norway. So mm. I would yes, I would imagine they are pretty much called the fjords, but it, it's just incredible. A glorious summer's day you're sailing in. It, 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 it's just one of the experiences you'll never forget. Kathy has a next question. She says, recommendations, please, for excursions in Gibraltar. Okay, Kathy. So the most popular tour in Gibraltar is definitely Gibraltar Rock, the Barbary Apes tour. It's um, it's one everybody talks about at the dinner table of the evening. So Gibraltar is a very popular port of call for, for cruise ships. The most popular tour and the one everybody talks about, as I say, is the Barbary Apes. It's only very small Gibraltar is. So the tour we provide is just over two hours in length. But it's going to take you to what Gibraltar has to offer. So St. Michael's Cave the famous Barbary Apes, which roam freely, and the old town of Gibraltar boasting plenty of duty-free shopping. It's one of my favorite destinations for my duty-free shopping. I, I want to see, so you're saying Barbary Apes, are, these are like real monkeys roaming free up there? <laughs> yes, they are. So um, what the guides actually say to you uh, when you're visiting the area where the apes are is please don't uh, pull out any food or <laughs> don't react quickly because they are roaming freely and they are looking for food. So it's best not to take your lunch with you. Oh my gosh. And last but not least is from Lisa, looking for any advice on Palma Mallorca in Spain. Just not sure what to do. Thank you. Okay, so uh, Palma de Mallorca has several ports uh, where the cruise ships port. So it really will depend on which port your cruise ship docks in. If you've never been to this particular port of call before, I do highly recommend you taking a tour. Wherever you port in Mallorca, you will actually see in the distance the famous Palma Cathedral. So um, it looks very close, but I would highly recommend to take um, a guided tour here. So if it's the first time to Palma de Mallorca, Palma City Highlights Tour and also the Valdemosa Tour that we offer. So you're going to be seeing um, the most busiest sites in Mallorca being Palma City, and then you'll take you'd be taken to a typical Mallorquian town of Valdemosa. It's got quaint cobble streets um, and a monastery which was made famous by Chopin and also the novel A Winter in Mallorca. So it's highly recommended. So much to do in Mallorca. Please don't miss out. We've been talking with Simone from CruisingExcursions.com. Thank you for being here, Simone. Have a good evening. Thank you, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. Let's see what we've got for you. 
Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.